I'm recording. Hello, climate change. I forgot the, the last podcast I did with Jim to say, waking up and taking action one conversation at a time, oh. which is the little tagline I invented for this podcast to kind of put it in perspective that this is just about people having conversations, trying to wrap their minds around this like really mm-hmm. huge, overwhelming, biggest topic that we as human beings have ever faced, yep. in my opinion. <laughs> so I'm sitting here with Beth. Hankins, Beth Hudson Hankins is what I said, how I introduced you before. Um, and Beth's been with me a couple times. Um, you would say a couple things about yourself, Beth, just to introduce yourself to listeners? Um, well, let's see. I'm a psychotherapist, so I'm interested in the aspect of how people think about things and how they feel. And an outdoor person, so I love to be outdoors hiking and biking. And I have a couple of family members who are um, environmental activists in their own way. So they 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 really did. They have a lot to do with you becoming someone who thinks about this a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My mother is very active Mm -hmm. and has been for as long as I can remember. So you did this great thing, Beth, which I think a lot of people did um on the heels of the election of trump as our next president which i was so pleased you did and so everyone who was invited i think felt the same which was you would you describe it what you did um i sent out an email to friends that i felt would be similarly minded and uh invited people over for comfort food potluck because i really needed to be with people and I had um, a place for people to write their thoughts and reactions um, to the election, and then another place where people could write their actions. So I actually brought the list with me. Oh yeah, me. I would yeah. love to hear. So so let me just I'll just put it in my own words. Just so there was on on, on Beth's um, on the sliding glass doors on the windows of your house in the space that we were in there were these great big sheets of paper and markers sitting nearby. And one of them said reactions. Uh, and another one, there was like two, two big sheets for each, right? Mm-hmm. Reactions. And then next to that actions. And, and I remember feeling particularly pleased that a lot of people had actions that they wanted to write about. And um, not just sort of, I mean, it, we have to, not that it's anything wrong with that, you know, to have your feelings about it, but also to be, Thinking beyond that was nice to see. So yeah, share share what you. Well, I'll share these. um, These are again, these are people's just raw thoughts about actions, and it's not necessarily about climate change. It's really yeah about um, Trump being elected. Yeah. Yeah. Resist. Send a thank you note to Hillary. Mm. Pray for the health of female Supreme Court justices. Think of uh, upcoming positive events. Be alert. Be involved in positive actions. Hope the impeachment <laughs> impeachment hearings start sooner rather than later. <laughs> Make sure to get out of bed every day. Continue to teach kindness, inclusion, and good sportsmanship. Time to get busy. Stick together. Learn. Talk to people. Get involved in supporting issues I feel strongly about. Work on healing. Commit to involvement to protect, be an ally, and to change Congress, and to understand. Hmm. And the one that was saying continue to teach good sportsmanship is a, probably was written by our friend who's a coach, a college-level court yeah, coach, could be. I imagine. You're right, there was other people who might might have written something like that there, yeah. too. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was really nice to come together with other people and just have, I think that's a, one of the sort of refrains we're hearing people saying in this country, or at least in this part of the country in a blue state um, mm -hmm. after this election is like, wow, we really have to come together. We have to listen to each other. We, you know, the, 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 the bigger challenge maybe for me anyway, is to listen to people who think very differently than I, mm -hmm. I, I lead a group on care of the environment and I challenged and where we each take a turn to be listened to basically. And, and I, my challenge in our most recent meeting to everyone was to the statement, Donald Trump is a good man. And like, just to think through and process whatever feelings come up in processing a statement like that. Um, the sort of common ground for all of us in that group is a philosophy that, that people are born in a, with a benign sort of orientation or mm -hmm. they come into the world. Some people are hurt even before they're born, I suppose, but that thing, ways that we get hurt gets in the way of our being able to think very well. Mm -hmm. And that by processing our emotions, we can get back to thinking well. So that sort of grounds us all in this idea that we all kind of have the sequel, the equal sort of basis in the world. It's just what happens to us. It's, way more nature than nurture. I mean, way more nurture than nature in terms of how we change is that, that way of thinking. So it's sort of a hopeful way of thinking of things, I think. And it was, it was really, it was obviously, maybe not obviously, but it seemed obvious to me, definitely was an effective sort of direction to point people in something mm -hmm. to think about. So how you doing, Beth? <laughs> um, I'm thinking a lot yeah. about how to take action um, I haven't been very focused recently for mm. a whole variety of reasons. And now with this election, I'm thinking it, it really is going to require a lot of action. And as I've been surprised, well, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but after the election, and it's only been 10 days or so, mm -hmm. a lot of people have responded, talked to me, asked me what I was going to do, what I'm thinking. So I think that there are a lot of people out there who are looking for a direction mm. and want to make sure that they feel heard and want to make sure that they can take effective action and are just trying to figure all that out right now. Um, I was really pleased, though, that I just saw a headline that 365 companies have asked, have told Donald Trump they support staying in the Paris um, talks about climate change. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, I was really encouraged by that. Yeah. And it's kind of a range of companies, but I was, I was pleased that, because I think that's a really great way to, to respond, not, mm -hmm. not feel like we have to do it as individuals, but to maybe do it through our consumerism. Yeah. Yeah. And that's maybe a voice he would listen to more than, you know, some, some sort of soft hearted bleeding, what do they call it? Bleeding heart liberal. They right. used to say in the sixties, right? Yep. <laughs> so that, some yeah. of those companies were Hewlett Packard, oh, wow. uh, Levi Strauss, HP, Kellogg, L'Oreal, isn't that good? We can feel good about our hair, hair choices. Uh, Nike, Starbucks, Unilever, GM, DuPont, Gap. Um, wow, those yeah. are big companies, they big are. names anyway. Yeah. yeah, and then I think it... Well, they're imprints of, 
I mean, Gap is owned by something. I, I don't know the whole structure, but I, I thought that Gap and other companies were all owned by one conglomerate or something. That I'm going to do a quick search. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll read to you the quote yeah. of um, Patsky. I didn't write his first name down, but he's the CEO of Trillium Asset Management. Um, he said... The enormous momentum generated by the business and investment community to address climate change cannot be reversed and cannot be ignored by the Trump administration. That train has left the station and is on its way now. Oh, it's Matt Patsky. Mm. Um, And then the other quote was, Nevertheless, we know that now is the time to remind the incoming administration that virtually every company in the Fortune 500 and over a hundred trillion in investor assets has acknowledged the reality of climate change and the need to address it head on. Hmm. So that's awesome. And just to fill in what was not my misunderstanding, Gap Inc. is owns Banana Republic, Old Navy, Athleta, and something called Intermix, which I've never heard of. But so mm-hmm. so Gap is just sort of the, is one of the the brand names and also the name of the company that, that mm-hmm. owns all those brand names. Interesting. Well, that's, that's encouraging. I, yeah. I, I heard, and I have not had a chance to follow up on this. I saw, basically saw a headline that I was awake in the middle of the night last night thinking about. It's funny. I should have just looked it up while I was lying there awake, but I was trying very diligently to go back to sleep. But the headline was basically saying that the Arctic Ocean is something like 36 degrees, yeah. or 34 or 36, you saw 36, this? 36 yeah, degrees I, Fahrenheit yeah, warmer that. That than it should be, suppose, yeah. you know, at this time of year. That, yeah, yeah, that's, that, for me, that starts to feel like, oh, we're over the edge, you know, like that, that's a, maybe just, maybe a, um, a pragmatic thought or maybe a discouraged thought, um, depends on how I respond to it, I suppose, you know, but the the feeling is like there's a lot of irreversible damage to come. Yeah. And I'm I'm very I was saying to you before we started recording our friend Angie who the climate scientist who talked to me in the past um and I I, I was mentioning to Beth that I um I'm hoping to get her to talk to me again soon. I sent her an email this morning. Um just to give me an update on the science. I mean, I can do my own research, but it would be great to hear it from the mouth of a of a clim- climate Tologist, is that the right term? Um, climate scientist, anyway. But anyway, when when she and I talked on an earlier podcast, and you, I, it's still out there if you want to search it out. Angie Seth is her name. Um, we did a, a a podcast where she told me something like, twenty years from now, we can expect that where we live now will have three months of above ninety degree days per year. Oh my gosh. And that's not including heat waves and that's not including, you know, the, the 80 degree days, you know? So that really is, and we're in Connecticut and we're used to having, gosh, I'm going to guess not more than 15. Yeah. That's pretty much what I was thinking. Yeah. Over 90 degree days in a summer. Yeah. Um, but that will become our norm. I mean, it's November and we're having 60, 64 degree days when, Mm -hmm. We used to have, I mean, it would be in the 20s, yeah, easily. 
at yeah, this point? Thirties, twenties. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, it was potent, there, the potential existed for a twenty degree day in the, in November. That's just not happening now. But um, you know, we're in a place where those changes they feel mild, right? Mm-hmm. Because we live in a temperate place. But um, but but the thought of what that means for places that are drier and hotter already and the millions of people who are already dying or being displaced because of drought and extreme heat and flooding um it's yeah this is huge and it's a really big deal that our country has <laughs> just elected a climate change denier and I heard a, a speech by the guy he's considering for the head of the EPA, which is the Environmental Protection Agency, oh, calling climate science, the, the whole idea of climate change being human-driven as silly. He used the word silly repeatedly. Yeah, he said he was yeah. looking forward to having funds to educate people about how silly it is. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it. I think that... Um, you know, from people who are at the the COP22, the the conference of parties t- number 22, the climate, um, uh, the UN conference that's going on right now in Morocco or just finishing up in Morocco, I guess, at this point, um, the sort of, I mean, obviously every individual has their own take on things, but, but what I keep hearing is this sort of, the attitude coming forward is like, it doesn't change the fact that we just elected Donald Trump. Yes, it's a setback, but it doesn't change anything for the rest of the world. It doesn't change the task in front of us, and it doesn't change the work to be done, and it doesn't change the 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 energy that's going to be put into doing that work. So, I think that for those of us, maybe for those of us who in this in this country who are not behind the ideas of Trump and his um, potential incoming administration there's a call for us to sort of reach beyond um our own borders to for guidance like what what do we what what do they need from us when we're sort of we are our own sort of lame we don't have much power as individuals but we're still in this country like i don't know i i don't know if anyone would have ideas or if that's even a fair question to ask but uh but i'd be curious to know like if i talk to somebody who's leading the charge on climate change outside of the U.S., what would they say to someone like me? I bet they would say keep educating the people around you, yeah. keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I I still think that's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, and and so I come back to my my directive to people, which was to try out saying Donald Trump is a good man. (laughs) Like just try out, you know, just feeling those feelings when you're not in front of those people who, who, um, who actually have no trouble saying that, you know, Uh, because it could be a lot easier to get, to change the mind of somebody if you are are willing to listen to them. That's true. And I, I actually, I'm separating the two things in my mind. Mm. I have huge, huge concerns about the future of democracy mm-hmm. for with this particular president. Yeah. And I have huge c- concerns about climate change. Um, they're not exactly the same, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Oh, say more. Um, well, I, I, f- 
I feel like um, I talked about the companies that mm. um, are either backing climate change uh, research or not. Right. Um, and I brought another list. Oh, uh, <laughs> of the ones who are not. Just of one set. Okay. And um, so I think that's kind of an interesting way to go about looking at things. Um, because so Using your consumer power, you mean? Yeah, yeah, using the consumer power, but also not assuming that it's just a political thing because a lot mm -hmm. of times it's it's not really right. it well it it is it tends to be well, but it's not yeah. completely well it's all i mean it maybe it has to do i mean we have to sort of own our own role in it you know we are what we consider our modest lifestyles are not so modest when you th look about what resources there are. They're not. They're yeah. not modest in the least, really. Mm -hmm. you know, we don't really think twice about how much energy we use. We just look at the bill and we pay it, and we pay it the next month, and because mm -hmm. we can. And we don't really think about. And I've said this a number of times on on this podcast. We don't really think about when we go into the produce department of our grocery store that you know people in warmer parts of the world. Um, poorer parts of the world are giving their best farmland to growing us the things that will give them some money so that they can afford other things besides, uh, you know, some food. Like, mm -hmm. and so they live on less and we get cantaloupes <laughs> mm -hmm. all, all year long, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's, I've been struggling with that for a long time, just feeling like, you know, what, what difference does it make if I, and and of course I'm about to use the word, a word that, that, I would never pick if I wasn't so entrenched in the point of view I've been given in this country. If I deprive myself of a cantaloupe in, in December, you know, mm -hmm. which is, shouldn't, if you're thinking about the resources of the world and you're living where we live, it should not feel like a deprivation. Right. <laughs> it shouldn't be even out there for us. It just, there isn't enough resource for us to get, you know, maybe it's a treat mm -hmm. that we allow ourselves once in a while because there's enough resource to make it possible for that to come into our, into our, um, kitchen. But anyway, I'm going on a little rampage and I've lost my train of thought slightly. You were saying, going to say more, I'm sure. Um, well, I just Googled conservative companies to avoid something like that. Oh, right. Um, oh yeah, share your list. Yeah. So I'm just, I just got, um, the one set is the Koch brothers, who yeah. didn't specifically back Donald Trump, but they are very, very conservative, right. very powerful in the political process, and really opposed to any kind of climate change research and change. And I felt pretty happy that there are several products on this list that they make, anything by Georgia Pacific. Um, that I feel like I can now work on avoiding and talk to other people about avoiding. Like, uh, Was this a list that you emailed to me? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, like Cool Max Fabric, um, mm. Brawny Paper Towels and other paper products, Dixie Brand Cups and Plates, mm -hmm. um, other man-made fabrics and fibers, Northern Brand Toilet Paper. I'm sure there's no Northern Brand Toilet Paper in my house right now. Hmm. Um, 
Soft and Gentle brand toilet paper, Sparkle brand paper goods and napkins, um, and Vanity Fair paper napkins. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I, when I read the list, I was hoping to find something on that list that I actually buy. Mm -hmm. And the only things that, uh, that, cause I generally don't buy paper products that except for toilet paper. And then mm -hmm. in that case, I'm buying the recyclable stuff if I can. Um, then again, Jim just bought some and he did not go to a store that would have that. I don't think so. I don't know what he got. I'll have to look. But, um, um, the one thing that I noticed was Lycra mm -hmm. and we're both out, we're both road cyclists and we wear a lot of Lycra, don't we? Isn't it yeah, Lycra? We, yeah, it is Lycra. Yep. I'm not sure what to do about that. Yeah. Maybe there's, maybe you can buy Lycra that's made by other companies. Mm. Yeah. I wonder about that. So that was just a start. Yeah. You know, that was just one set of things right. by one company. Right. Yeah. There's... There are lots of um, there are lots of things like that that where it can feel like a lot to manage. I, I, what I would like to do next, I'll put this on my my to do list, and and um, is to identify a website or two that that will give me a list. You know that mm -hmm. that I can sort of pull from Coke Brothers, and the the thing that's that's especially gonna I think gonna be hard about this is that that the people with all the control of wealth are making most of the stuff. Yeah. And a lot of them are making stuff that we sort of need. And mm -hmm. so we have to pressure them in some other way, maybe pressure people who hold stock in those companies and look look closely. One thing that I've been wanting to, to kind of wrap myself around and have been overwhelmed by is to look at investment Mm -hmm. information I and mean, we have the most basic kind of like 401k type of investments um but um but it but those things matter and so many people are are basically funding you know companies through their 401ks um if you're outside of the united states i don't know how universal some of the things i'm i got a lot of people listening from australia and different places now mm -hmm. so i just don't want to leave them out of what we're talking about so 401k is kind of a standard investment pa package that a lot of um, people's jobs give them. Mm -hmm. So they sort of help you to put some of your pay away untaxed until you're, you're retired and your income is less. And so your tax level will be less. And in the meantime, it's earning interest. So, um, so a lot of people have those kind of investments that are sort of set up by their place of business. Maybe they have some choices about what kind of a package they take or, um, but um, so there are limitations in that too, but, mm -hmm. but in general, a lot of people have been taught that, that the, in this country that are, people are middle-class and they have, they're trying to put away a little money so that when they're old, they're not going to fall off the, <laughs> the face of the earth and have to live on dog food or whatever, but, um, that they should invest and investing means putting money in the hands of companies, giving them your vote of confidence and for them to take your money and try to make more money with it. And what does that mean um, if the company that's investing is, some, is, do, is not someone that you think is responsible? So that's something I feel like we could take on further. And just to like plug my backlist again, there is a, a podcast where I talk to someone who works for a responsible investing company where they'll guide you to invest according to whatever your beliefs happen to be. And maybe I can get another conversation with mm -hmm. him.
-hmm. While I'm thinking of it, the last podcast I did just last week with Jim, I did another little mental list item, which I said was that I want to get very clear on where I'm getting my news, like that there's some place that I go Mm -hmm. so I can stay abreast of what feels like it's important to me. And at this point, um, I have gotten really clearer about two places where I'm going. One, I've all, I was there in, in place already, and that was Democracy Now!, mm-hmm. which, um, which, which I have to admit, I at times feel like I wish they were a little less stridently left um, um, in their coverage. Like it's, it's, there are moments where I wince because I feel like anybody who has, not that I disagree with them, but I, I, but anyone who comes to them with um, skepticism might feel like, okay, I can't trust this source because they're obviously biased. That's the way they'll feel when they hear it. But they're in a world where we hear basically mostly only corporate media um, that this is a necessary balance. It feels like so necessary. So I want to encourage people in my life who care about these things but don't get the same picture because they're not going to these sources for news to like I'm thinking of my brothers who uh, don't aren't even aware of democracy now so like just put that in your podcast you know cue or whatever um and then the other one which I've gone to in the past but 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 started to go to sort of more earnestly lately is the guardian the u.s edition of the guardian and they Mm -hmm. have an um, environment sort of section in their online newspaper. And, um, and I really, really respect the way they're covering things and the way they're breaking things down in a way that feels like you don't have to be, um, you don't have to already know everything to, um, pick up in, on a story. So the Dakota Access Pipeline, for instance, they have, there's a story in there that I don't remember the title, but it's something like, I don't, it's not this, but, but the, the meaning of the title is basically everything you need to know to, like, to understand what's going on there, mm-hmm. <laughs> not the title, but the same idea. And so it sort of goes through answering questions like, so who is it? Where is it? Why? What, what's the backstory? How do things stand now? Um, and then anything that they're talking about in terms of, um, oh, you know, there was this particular, whatever was this particular statement was made or this particular ordinance was passed, there's a link and you can go to the article that explains that thing. So you can go as deep as you want and you don't have to start in the middle and feel like you have to do some sort of forensic news hunting to figure it out. It, 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 it lets it, it puts it, puts all the cards out kind of one on one after another on the table, which I've been appreciating. Mm. Then the other thing that I, I find very, like emotionally overwhelming, but, but so I can only take it in, in small doses. And then, you know, what happens is I'll, I'll get discouraged if I watch too many episodes. Uh, This is on HBO. Um, and you can get it online if you have an HBO uh, password. (laughs) Um, and that is the show vice. And then I have a vice news and they, they do sort of, they go all over the world and, and, and they basically expose, um, human rights violations and stories that are behind the scenes in wars and stories about climate change and industry and pollution and things like, I mean, just like kind of all the stuff that doesn't, that gets swept under the rug in our 
what, I, what people like to say is corporate media, which I think is a fair description. Hmm. I was watching the and just the straight NBC morning news um, on the treadmill the other day. And, you know, there's one or two stories like Trump said this and Hillary said that. And, and they just released a new cinnamon frosted flakes. <laughs> like, like that's a news story. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, like, oh my gosh, like, this is not a news story. This is a press release that is, uh, that is, a, is an advertisement disguised as a press release now disguised as a worthy morning news story. Like, mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Okay, that's my rant for the moment. What okay. would you like to say, Beth? <laughs> well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I depend a lot on NPR. Mm. Hidden Brain just had, just repeated an episode on climate change. Mm. Um, Terry Gross frequently interviews interesting people. She just interviewed um, James Fallows, who um, I love as a journalist. Um, so that's where I get my news, but the guardian, that's a good suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard a story from NPR about the Dakota access pipeline that I thought was really disappointing. Um, they gave, uh, an interview with somebody who represented the pipeline, who was speaking in a very grounded, um, sort of sensible way about how, they had made lots and lots of, of adjustments to the root of their pipeline and that they had given the tribe adequate no- notice and everything, but they didn't have anyone um, getting a chance to, re- to to tell the other side of it. Um, it, was, it was... And then one of the things that has been very compelling to me in hearing the other side of it mm-hmm. has been just the fact that originally this pipeline was slated to go, it was north of where they're going now, which goes under um, a a water source for this reservation, and it would have come close to a water source for a largely white Mm middle-class city. Um, And that, the population there, fought for it to be changed. Mm -hmm. And now they've changed it here, and now this less, this impoverished community is fighting for it to be changed um, and, you know, there's sort of, I would have liked to have heard that kind of exposed a little more. So I can't speak to that. Yeah. I don't know if I heard the exact same mm. interview, but it sounds like it. Yeah. And my impression was that the, um, the journalist was asking a lot of really pointed questions so that I felt like the journalist was really exposing the fact that it didn't sound like a fair process. Oh, okay. Well, it may have been, and I was just hearing it from a different angle, you know, that morning. So that's encouraging. Maybe mm-hmm. there was more than one. I mean, it took a long time. This was this was in like Democracy Now was doing stories about the whole protest thing that was happening there for I want to say weeks before it got picked up by NBC and by, by NPR. And, um, so some of these things like, um, I, I mean, I get, I listen to NPR too, and, and I'm, I'm glad it exists, but I'm also aware that there's lots of things that don't even cross their transom, you know, in, in a Mm -hmm. way that gets covered until, um, I don't know, until they get to a certain volume, I suppose Mm -hmm. that, um, that that has to be it's undeniable in a sense. I mean, they're still getting their funding from 
What, what, what's catching your eye, something? Nothing, I'm just looking at your the art behind you. Oh. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, so, yeah, it does feel like we're called upon to sort of do our homework a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have Thanksgiving coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and every year there are stories, and I'm, I haven't read any, but I'm sure there must be lots of things being written and said about keeping the peace at the Thanksgiving table. And some, for some people that means don't talk politics. <laughs> some families that means that. I'm curious to know what, what your thoughts are about that, Beth. I mean, you probably don't have, do you have people who will be at your Thanksgiving table who have um, a different point of view than you? Or do you feel like you're in a like-minded sort of enclave? I have a pretty like-minded family. Yeah, yeah. So my mother specifically asked if we could talk about... Uh, actions that we're going to be taking mm. about climate change and yeah. about dealing with the right. administration. So I'm not, oh, I think we talked about this, um, last year. Yeah. It feels like about getting, or I, I know I was thinking about getting together with my family and talking with my yeah. family and I just can't do it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm happy to have some conversations about yeah. um, actions to take, but I I get overwhelmed and I need to take a break mm -hmm. now and then. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I One thing I remember talking about last year was what I had asked for for Christmas from my family, mm -hmm. which was um, for their action on climate change. I mm -hmm. didn't want them to buy me things. I wanted them to take some action, and I suggested a bunch of things, including reading Naomi Klein's book, um, which the name of which is escaping right, right me right now. But that was one of many. I, I named some organizations. So I'm just curious to know how oh. that went. Oh, did you? Is that what you got for? Did people take actions? Um, no. <laughs> it's really hard. It's to, hard. Yeah. To stick to that and to yeah really, really force people to do that. Right. Oh, the book is called This Changes Everything, mm -hmm. Capitalism Versus the Climate. She also did another one called Shock Doctrine, which, which there's also a really good documentary on that. The, 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 uh, the Capitalism Versus the Climate documentary was beautiful and moving, but it really didn't give the hard-hitting information that the book does. So if you see that, then just know that there's a book that backs up everything very, very solidly. Um, no, I think that it was... It got people thinking, and family members now will t will send me articles that moved them around the subject of climate change, but it's not the same. I mean, I think what I, them educating themselves about it, I think on some level it, it, it did motivate some of that, mm -hmm. and that's reflected in what, what they're sending me. Um, so, you know, I, I'm happy about that, but I think this year I'm going to update my request and ask them if if there was money they were going to spend on me to give it to an organization that I think is um, addressing climate change in a way that I believe in. And, yeah. So what are those? What are well, the there, there's one in mind, Sustaining All Life, which is um, uh, a newly formed NGO at, that's in Morocco right now. They were at the Paris Talks as well. And they teach about what I'm talking about, about the care of the environment group I do is like using the same sort of philosophy about, about using sort of 
each other's attention to think to evolve our thinking and they use these techniques of basically think and listen sort of taking turns um peer counseling kind of stuff to look at major oppressions in the world you know, sexism uh racism all the isms i don't even have to really list them and even the way men are oppressed by men i mean men are oppressed but they're oppressed by men um then they're they're sort of like all other oppressions kind of see, to me it looks like come from that this whole idea that men have this pressure on them to take care of everything to protect and defend and and from that comes this like tribal kind of mentality and mine i'm going to get keep all mine safe and to hell with the rest and i think some of that is going to become more and more prevalent as things get more and more tight around climate change as we lose you know sources of of um you know places where we have food growing won't, that won't be able to grow food so well anymore and places where we have clean water and that are being bottled up and sold for profit and drying up anyway and so all that kind of stuff i think all stems out of the way the environment is being destroyed also stems out of all that same sort of um domino chain of oppressions but anyway so the the work the the philosophy that that organization has and the way they're approaching it um it applies to both uh, backing activists and um, and also humanizing our response to disaster. And um, I think whether or not you're optimistic about how far the damage is going to go around climate change, we need both of those things, both interventions around stopping the way we're polluting our environment and also interventions around how we care for each other as human beings. So, so that's the one that's on the top of my list right now, but I, I probably will um, add one or two to the list so that, you know, I give people a choice around what, mm. what, what moves them and gets them sort of thinking, do you have any that you, any organizations that you like? Um, not, not off the top of my head that I, you know, the Sierra Club, mm -hmm. um, International yeah. Planned Parenthood that right. supports uh, contraceptives. I think that's a really important way of dealing with climate change. Mm. Yeah, those are uh, the Sierra Club. I've, heard, I mean, there's lots of environmental organizations that that have not the most stellar records, and Sierra Club is um, has is on the better side of that mm -hmm. that coin. Yeah. Um, how are your, your, so you have young adult children. How are they taking it? How are they taking the results of the election or anything uh, the, around our topics? Um, uh, my kids are pretty politically astute. Mm -hmm. Um, there are times where I rely on them. Mm. Um, so I haven't talked specifically about um, what behavior changes they're going to be making, but I know that they're both pretty horrified. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, my stepson has lost sleep for a few days at least, mm -hmm. and he has a job um, basically implementing Obamacare, a new job, oh. where he signs people up for health care. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, very understandably, one of his fears when Bump, when Trump got elected was would he lose his job? 
And um, my hunch was that he would not, that the funding for his job has already come through and that that's settled. And it turned out that, the, yes, that's the case. Um, and another thing that was a surprise to me was to learn that he felt like he got a bump in people signing up because they, oh, yeah. they didn't want to lose the little bit of a chance to get some health care mm-hmm. while it lasted. And we'll see what actually happens down the road with that because... You know, one thing that I actually found encouraging was, you know, I'm not in depth listening to to what Trump is saying right now, but I saw some clip or some sort of image with some text over it that says something about how he wants to, um, obviously we've heard this before, repeal Obamacare and then, but also replace it. Mm -hmm. So I had the thought like, you know what? He's not going to take it away without having something to replace it. And the things that he's talking about that are good in Obamacare are are good in Obamacare, and it doesn't leave... And I kind of am annoyed that we've come to call it Obamacare because it was meant to be a, a disparaging kind of name for socialized medicine is another dis, almost disparaging thing, but... I I feel like we've taken what was meant to be a disparaging term and yeah. made it our own. Yeah, good. And I think Trump is going to mess around change a few things, mm-hmm. and then say, look, it's Trump care. Right. <laughs> and it'll be basically the same thing, but he'll say, yeah. I invented this. Right. Um, it's the greatest thing that ever yeah. was. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Getting back to my kids, though. Yeah. Um, they both, neither one of them owns cars. Uh-huh. They both live in urban areas. They bo- mm. So they both really ride their bike, walk, mm. or take mass transportation mm-hmm. um they're so they don't drive which limits um right their, some of their contribution to the carbon footprint. footprint right um one of them especially it tends to not buy her clothes brand new mm-hmm. so she d- isn't um cons- she has a huge am- number of shoes but <laughs> <laughs> frequently she hasn't bought them um, from the company. Hmm. Um, and I think they both think a lot about food. They don't waste food mm-hmm. much. Hmm. So I think they probably actually have a much smaller carbon footprint than I do. Oh, because you buy new, new clothes and waste food? And drive. And drive. And live in a large house. Mm. Not even that large, but I live in yeah. a single family house. They both live in apartments. Right, right. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at this point, um, I, I don't, it's probably not not important to mention, but 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 I'm just thinking. It makes me think about my stepson, who's who's not that much younger than them, right? He's twenty-two. Yeah. Well, they used to babysit him. Oh, so, right. Yeah, so he is younger. He's, he's definitely younger than them. Um, but yeah, he's doesn't drive yet. He's getting his license soon, and so there may be another car in our household's future. But it's it's kind of hard in the area we live in to get away with not. I mean, he has to yeah. go to work that's about eight miles from here. Mm-hmm. That's that's a long walk, and there isn't yeah. like there isn't a bus. And right. and even even if he could ride a bicycle, there's a time of year where that's really not very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so. What else do you got? You brought some papers and notes. Were there, did you have thoughts about actions that you're considering? Or, well, um, I had this idea that I might have talked to you about before. 
and I think I did talk to you about it before. I think it came to me as we were talking about how not to make climate change talking so depressing. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. so I'm in the process of thinking through how to do a climate change, climate change challenge. Mm. Um, oh, right. Yes, yeah. you mentioned this. Yeah. yeah. Some kind of like a fun way that would raise money or something? No, or maybe no. not raise money. Oh. But just to, have to people, you know, pay do attention less. to their carbon yeah. footprint for a week or a month and right. um, get points for different things. So I haven't fully thought that out, but um, that is on my list of things. Oh, that's a, I think that's a great idea. Um, it, it, we could probably get anyone who participates to contribute a prize. Mm -hmm. You know, sort of like a Yankee swap type of thing. But oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except like something, you know, not, usually a Yankee swap is like, how can I get rid of this item I don't want? Mm -hmm. Which is sort of fun, but um, but silly. Um, I, I think that there's a fundraiser in my future. I don't, I don't know what yet. And it's not... I'm, I'm determined. This feels like I could get criticized for this point of view, but I'm determined to, but I'm going to say it anyway, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to, I'm determined to have fun with, yeah. yeah. And, and, and not do things, not that I wouldn't do something because it doesn't seem like fun if it seems important and necessary, but, but not to do things out of a sense of urgency and feeling bad about myself because I'm not like there's, I think there's a way that like, these kind of huge issues and there's really nothing like this huge issue really but 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 there's but we grew up in a world where we i mean not one of us i don't think grew up without noticing especially in this country that there are, people have it really hard and we maybe don't and we're insulated from it mm -hmm. and we get the message very young that there's really nothing we can do like we it's too it makes us too vulnerable to try to help mm -hmm. like if you see somebody um like a homeless person behaving erratically on the street, like to actually try and care about that person puts yourself in danger was the message that we get as kids, you know, or something like that. But anyway, that's just one of many, many examples. And, you know, growing up hearing about acid rain and the, the, the Amazon, the destruction of the rainforest and like these, these things that are far, far away and like just seem overwhelming and unfixable from the perspective of, you know, a 12 or a 15 year old when I'm absorbing the information, like I want to model a different for myself and for others in my life, but mostly for myself, I want to model a different reaction. I want to start, I want to sort of get out of that daze of sadness and powerlessness that sort of felt like it just came over me like a comforting blanket you're not, you're fine. You're not going to be hurt. Yes. It's sad. There's nothing we can do. That message that, that, that maybe wasn't even spoken in direct wording like that, but that I absorbed. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's, that's a goal. So I, I realize like that one thing that I have access to, even though I, I don't, I didn't come to this easily. It's sort of hard to see it, but I have access to people with this, with disposable income. Yeah. You know, and, mm -hmm. and, and to, to try to convince a bunch of people in my life to part with a little bit of that in a way that could be fun. 
and educational. Okay, so here's what I was thinking okay. along those lines. Yeah. I was thinking, gee, in the ideal world, I would have a small group of friends, maybe, um, I don't know how many friends, maybe 10 or so, that got together once a month. Everybody dumped in $20, you know, that this uh -huh. was just like the thing. Yeah. And then spent a couple of minutes talking at dinner time about what you'd want to do with this month's $20. Hmm. Only it's now um, $200 because there are 10 people. Right. And then have a nice dinner. Hmm. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. I'll come. Okay. <laughs> and and you know what I just thought of like we're we're sitting in my studio space it's not it's really it's really I like to call it studio space but it's really a spare bedroom in my house that I make art in and do writing in and record podcasts in now um but anyway I'm surrounded by a lot of artwork that I made and I'm not all that uh, I'm not in a phase right now where I'm all that motivated to get gallery shows which I used to do but I was thinking lately I should I should just sell all my artwork as a fundraiser. Like, just give myself a fresh, like, um, slate, a clean slate. Because when there isn't any artwork of mine lying around, I want to make some. And I do like that feeling. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I, I have to think it all the way through. But that's something I could do. I could consider doing. So would you like to donate a piece of art for the climate change challenge? Absolutely. And somebody can win a piece of art? I, I would I would definitely do that. Okay, then. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe the first thing is you start to, like, uh, um, build your cache of prizes. And I start, mm -hmm. that'll probably motivate you to come up with the rules of the game. Yeah. I'm sure you'll be good at that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sounds good to me. Um, let me check the time. How are we doing? Oh, we've, we've talked for a significant amount of time. Okay. Anything else that you want to say? No, I think we got to pretty much everything. This feels like the most sort of energizing sort of, um, feeling I've had at the end of one of these. I think probably I, I've spent a lot of time feeling like I was spending my, my time in the, in, in these podcasts was really like a struggle to wrap my mind around something. Mm -hmm. And I think there's one of the positives that's coming out of this sort of slap in the face result of this election is yeah, that I know enough to take action now. It's, it's, that's the next move is to, to think creatively around the actions and not so much think creatively around what gets in the way of taking action. That's true. Yeah. And it's very clear to me now that other people want to take action, but they don't always want to have to figure it out. Mm. So they want, they'll take an action if you tell them yeah. what's a helpful thing to do. Yeah. Right. So that's a great idea to an action. To, uh, so if anyone listening is thinking about how do you motivate people around you, maybe spend a little time figuring out an action that makes sense to you and that you could propose to them. Mm -hmm. And if you think of anything good and you want to let me know, I'd be happy to hear from you. Um, you can email me through the website for this podcast, which is hellocc.info. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or elsewhere, anywhere that you get podcasts. Um, I love hearing from you. I received my first little fan email um, that... that um, 
Well, no, not my first, but one of my, one of the few, <laughs> let's just say. <laughs> I, re I received one recently and it meant a lot to me. So um, I do read all of that stuff. So thank you. All right. Okay. Thanks, Emma.